Hello, and welcome back to the CDI podcast. I'm Emily Cooper Yates, project coordinator for the Center for Community and Economic Development and the Community Development Institute at the University of Central Arkansas. We are so excited to carry the CDI podcast into its second season. And what better way to kick off season two than with an incredible guest. Today, we are joined by the wonderful Candace Williams. Candace is the executive director for the Rural Community Alliance. Candace is also a CDI graduate, a CDI year two class director, and a member of our CDI advisory board. Welcome to the podcast, Candace. Hi, Emily. Thanks. Thanks for having me today. Sure. So to start, do you think you can tell us a little bit about your career and how you got to where you are today? Sure. So my um, Rural Community Alliance story, and then it was called Advocates for Community and Rural Education. That's what, uh, that's still our IRS, like recognized name, but my story with the, with the organization starts uh, in 2005. When my then school district, the Elaine School District, was up for consolidation annexation with the neighboring district. Um, and that's the basis of Rural Community Alliance is to uh, public education advocacy. And it all stemmed from the Act 60 um, law that, that mandates a school, now it mandates that a school with less than 350 for two consecutive years, uh, you're mandated to annex or consolidate with the neighboring district. Um, I guess before I get to, to my part, in 2015, RCA was able to get a bill, get a law passed that allows districts, once they get to that 350, to go for the State Board of Education and apply for a waiver. And no school districts have been mandated to co consolidate or annex since that, uh, that law passed in 20, 2015. So we're very proud of that. So back to my story of how I <laughs> became part of RCA. So again, it started back in 2005. Um, I was a junior in high school at the time. And um, our, we, we went before the state board then. The law was pretty new then. It, it, was, it became a law, Act 6 became a law in, 2000 and, in two, 2003. Um, so it was very new then. And um, they, it was really like no mercy. They were shuttering the doors. They were, they were hard on with that law. Like no, uh, if you got to that number, your, your, your school would be mandated to consolidate or annex. No wiggle room at all. Uh, we fought. But our school eventually had to uh, annex with the neighboring Marble School District. And, you know, to this day, that's, that's the, the, the district that the children from Elaine have to go to the Marble Elaine School District. Um, and I just wanted to be a part of what RCA represented. And it was fighting for rural communities, fighting for rural districts. And I really did not want to see or witness another district go through what we went through in Elaine. There is nothing like losing your school district in a small town. So that's why I joined the fight. Um, I, I became a member of RCA back in 2005, convinced my family <laughs> to become members of the organization. In 2007, I was a sophomore in college and I became the first youth board member of the organization. Uh, I think a year later, I became the secretary of the organization. I graduated from, college, from UCA in 2010 and um, I worked for USDA for a small stint and then I officially became employed by the organization in 2013 and I was doing um, work with the youth. I was like a youth advisory uh, staff member and then in 2015, 
14, I became the assistant executive director. And 15, I became the executive director of the organization. So I've been around for quite some time. Um, the advocacy and fight for our rural schools and communities continues to this day. And uh, that's, that's how I got to where I am now. It all started, you know, with me experiencing the loss of our public school district, mm -hmm. our local public school district, and uh, just wanting to be a part of an effort to make sure that no other communities had to go through what we went through. That's awesome. And such extensive history with the organization. You've like yeah. literally <laughs> risen through the ranks. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. So you're the executive director now, of course, um, for the Rural Community Alliance. Can you tell us more about the organization? Yes. The basis of our work is public education advocacy. That's where it all started with fighting against Act 60. Um, so now our work involves around rural communities. Um, the, the vision of our, of our organization is just and thriving rural communities. So that's what our work focuses around. And that means that early childhood literacy, uh, we started, we helped start so many Dolly Parton Imagination Libraries in our very rural communities. To this day, we still sponsor the, the Chico County Imagination Library. And it started out as just Eudora. And we expanded it to the full Chico County a couple of years ago. So we're very much so focused on early childhood literacy, understanding the importance of those, of those children being able to read on grade level once they get to third grade and beyond. Um, so we, we definitely support that. Community development, uh, leadership development. We currently sponsor also in, in uh, Eudora, something that's called the Parent Mentorship Program. And it allows parents, right now during COVID, of course, it's an abbreviated version, but uh, the Parent Mentor Program started in Chicago with the Logan, Str Logan Street Neighborhood Association, and we kind of adapted it here in Arkansas. And the Eudora uh, parents, uh, they go into the classrooms, and they're able to assist those teachers, and not just, you know, on paper, uh, I mean, make copies of paper and, and and, hold, and watch the classroom while teachers are away, but they really learn the curriculum and they're able to assist those small, that small group of children or that one child that needs that extra assistance, they're there to do just that. And uh, so Eudora Elementary uh, was awarded as a blue ribbon, a national blue ribbon school um, during 2020. We're very proud of them. That's and I'd awesome. like to think, yes, that our parent mentor program and those parents being in the classroom, being able to assist those uh, those children and the teachers there, that had something to do with it. So we're looking to expand our parent mentor program in other school districts throughout the state, rural school districts. Um, we also are very proud of our youth network. So we have um, youth net youth development has always been a part of our work. Hence, how I <laughs> became uh, associated with the organization in two thousand and five. But um, a couple years ago, we, we really made it a mainstay of our work. And we have a blooming, a developing a youth network that's led by our staff member, Candy Webb. And uh, just so proud of that work. And she's been able to engage. She's been able to steadily engage our younger members across the state, even during COVID. Um, so we're, we're just preparing, the, preparing them uh, with uh, civic education, making sure they understand of, of, of voting and the down ballot and making sure they remain engaged in their communities, even if they leave, decide to leave, but understanding the importance of their voice in their community. So that's something we're very proud of as well. So, so again, um, early childhood literacy, education advocacy, community development, leadership development, and our youth network. Uh, that's like a, an, an abbreviated version of what RCA does. And 
Yeah. <laughs> of course, like everyone, we've all had to pivot in these unprecedented times. Um, how has Rural Community Alliance pivoted to support rural communities during the COVID-19 pandemic? So yeah, we had to convert a lot of, as everyone has, um, the bread and butter of our work is being able to meet locally with these very rural communities. So we had to totally convert like how we met with our uh, members, as we call them, members of the organizations, of the organization, um, our regional directors, those are the staff members that um, kind of preside over the given regions of the state. They have actually probably communicated more with the chapter leaders since all this started because, you know, we can't go in person and we can't like have these in-person convenings. So just pivoting to more virtual, probably communicating more like by the good old telephone and, and just being able to talk things through. So we'll be more connected with the needs of the communities that we work, work with and alongside um, being able to address those more immediate needs. So we also um, right around when COVID first hit, a lot of people, of course, were, you know, in need. So we started doing care packages for, for cities and for families that were in need. Cities, it included, like, like all the, the cleaning products and, and everything else they would have needed, masks, PPE, everything they would have needed. For families, we were able to give, like, a small financial contribution to them, along with, like, all the supplies that they may have needed to keep them, them themselves, you know, and their families safe. So, and that's something we've never done, you know, especially around the care packages deal. So we, we were more in tune, or we have become more in tune with the immediate needs of our rural communities, understanding that, you know, hey, of course, you know, when the session rolls around, arose around and when other, you know, things come up that we are fighting for, we, fought, we are advocating for our uh, rural communities and schools on a legislative level, level, but also understanding that people need the basic things you know, just to get by before you even try to come to them asking about, you know, helping you stand up for the fight for anything else. They need those basic needs addressed. So more than anything, I feel like we as an organization, we got down to that more immediate level, uh, that, that more immediate uh, level of addressing things that they need in the now um, in support of us addressing things that we need done on a higher level. All right. That sounds like such extensive work and thorough and that's just so awesome to hear um so thank you for everything you do for rural communities in arkansas so let's um i don't want to say the word pivot again but let's uh transition <laughs> to community development institute you're a cdi graduate a class director yeah and a CDI yeah. advisory <laughs> board member. How has CDI influenced your work with Rural Community Alliance? Without a doubt, CDI has increased my network. And anywhere I can go and, you know, pub CDI, I do that. Um, I've always been like a kind of chill person and laid back. And I'll listen before I'll, you know, just hop up to speak or hop up to say something. It's just always how I've been. But it just really, you know, of course it expanded my network, but it also made me more comfortable with being able, you know, to get up and speak and things like that. So it's such, it's such an opportunity for, you know, professional development, personal development that I have not been able to get anywhere else through any other network. So like I said, anytime that I can say, hey, do you want to, I mean, this is a great opportunity 
opportunity for you not only to to be in the room with people that work for DRA and with ADC for them to be in your class. So um, I, I just gained so many connections through CDI that I can't even, it's just, it's no way to measure it. So, um, so it's definitely influenced uh, my leadership, uh, my ability to, to communicate with my members, with my staff, like I said, professional development, personal development, CDI is able to, to do that, especially, um, I believe my first year <laughs> of CDI, I had just became executive director. So I really was like, oh my God, like, what do I do? And being in that class, it just, it helped me so much. Um, so yeah, I, it's just indispensable um, how much CDI has helped me grow as a leader um, and, and as a person. That is an awesome, awesome testimony. So um, as involved as you are with the Institute, what's your fondest memory of CDI? <laughs> so there are so many, but, <laughs> but um, I guess my fondest memory had to be our advanced year. I did the advanced year track as well before becoming a, uh, a class director. And um, we were privileged to work with uh, a community and uh, I think I guess it's considered Central Arkansas or like Mid Central Arkansas, South Central, somewhere in there. But um, I, we, of course, we were able to work, you know, one on one with community members around building uh, their education system and things they needed in the public sector and things like that. So um, we got to the last day where we did this presentation uh, on things that we felt would improve or or the reason we were out there. We were able to do that presentation. Um, I recorded, we had like two or three class members that, that came up and, and did the presentation. I recorded and they ended the session with asking like if anybody had like, like extra words to say. And um, the person next to me, she was like, no, because she was a part of the presentation. So I guess she had said what she needed to say. And then like the eyes, like all eyes came to me. I was like, well, I guess I'll go. And like everybody just started laughing. And um, that experience was, I just don't know how to describe it um, because I, for the most part, again, I'm a very chill person. I, you know, I sit and listen much more than I, than I talk. So, um, but I think all of them hearing me speak, they're like, whoa, like Candace, you know, she, she really has some stuff to say. Um, but that, it, I, again, if you're able to do advanced year, I would definitely recommend that because it, it gives, it gives that hands-on experience of you actually working with the community them having real problems and you being able to talk through with your peers about ways to solve those issues so uh that had to be my fondest memory mm -hmm. of like like everybody panning over to me and i'm like well i guess it's my time to talk and you know i just i had to do it on the spot and it, it was just awesome so yeah that, that has to be my my fondest memory i can say i have so many uh, each year, I probably could pick out several. Um, and I guess if I could pick a second, it would be like that experience of being um, like class two director um, and Tandy White and, and, and myself realizing the power of music. <laughs> um, we, we went almost the whole week. And then um, I think one of the class members, said, the, the, the year two class members said, uh, we need music. And uh, we turned on the music because, you know, after lunch, it's such a lull. It's like, okay, we got to get on this on the other side of this day. But we turned on the music. And when I tell you, like, it just gave them the power and the strength to, to power through the rest of that day. 
And so we, the next day we started, we had music playing at the beginning of class. So I guess it's a, a tip for other class directors that, you know, well, for our year too, anyway, uh, year before last, that the power of music is real. So, so yeah. That's so awesome. Well, Candice, you are an incredible asset, not just to the CDI community, but communities across the state of Arkansas. And I know we at CCED are so lucky to have you and Rural Community Alliance as one of our partners. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with us. Thank you, Emily. Thank you all for having me. And um, it's been a pleasure. On upcoming episodes of the CDI podcast, we will feature CDI graduates and participants, community partners, and community and economic development experts from across Arkansas and the Mid-South. We hope you join us again next week on the CDI podcast.